Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Chris and Amy on KMOX. 314-436-7900 to drop us your text messages. 944-1120. If you have a voicemail you would like to share with us. It is time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line this morning as the Ongoing process of Hamas releasing hostages back to Israel is um, happening now. And there's the possibility of the extension of a truce by a couple of days. To discuss all of this with us, U.N. correspondent for CBS News, Pam Falk, joins the show. Pam, it's good to talk to you. How are you? Very well, Chris. Nice speaking with you. Yeah, this is a a moment when dozens of Israeli hostages and more than 100 Palestinian prisoners returned home. And that included a very heart-wrenching reunion of the first American to be released uh, by Hamas in Gaza, the four-year-old Abigail. I'm sure you saw some of the footage of her walking free um, uh, after, after, I mean, uh, to her parents, uh, her father's arms. And uh, I mean, her both of her parents were killed to her family's arms, I should say. And the pause in fighting is set to end 7 a.m. Tuesday, which is really midnight our time Eastern, uh, but both Israel and Hamas are looking to extend it so that more people can go home. Yeah, and it's a unique form of psychological torture that we're seeing here from Hamas, which is what you would expect from them. There's a 10-month-old that they still refuse to release. The four-year-old girl, as you mentioned, she saw her father or her mother get gunned down, hid behind her father, who shielded her with his own body. He is murdered brutally and taken hostage. Um, The... Held in tunnels, we've heard they were given little bits of rice over those 48 days that they were held hostage. I don't know how hostages come back from that situation or return to their families and deal with the immense amount of trauma that they must have. And so many of them, three years old, five years old, six years old. Absolutely, Amy. And uh, in terms of um, Abigail, I mean, it's six of the nine children released, their parents died um, in the brutal October 7th attack. And so, of course, I mean, the idea of not uh, of watching their, I mean, of Abigail in particular, watching her parents die, having her father shield her uh, so that she survived and then taken hostage. I mean, the whole thing is just heart-wrenching, and you wonder if someone does come back. Obviously, they'll be surrounded by family, and they will have um, all sorts of medical treatment, but it's it's tough. I mean, this is just brutal, and international pressure is, is rising on both sides to extend this so that other families can be released. There was a back and forth on the weekend when 
um, a child was released without a mother, and that was part. The part of the deal was to release families together, not separate families in their release, and that was ultimately resolved. But Qatar has played a very important role. This is the deal between Qatar, Egypt and the United States, in addition to um, Hamas and, of course, Israel, negotiating each and every one of these exchanges. Talking with Pam Falk here from CBS News, um, who covers the United Nations. And uh, we are hearing now that Qatar is is saying that an agreement has been reached to extend the truce for another couple of days. So it does look like that is going to happen. Is there a possibility of it? being extended yeah. beyond those two days. Yes, um, and you're right on, 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 uh, on the mark, uh, Chris. This just happened while we were on air that they confirmed that this extension will take place. What they agreed to extend in the original deal was one extra day for every 10 additional hostages um, taken by Hamas of Israel um, every day. Uh, so one one extra day for 10 additional hostages, but there are around 240. So um, that that will that will take a lot of negotiating to continue that. As Israel says, look, they want to now go to the south where they they feel like they have about 10 more days to make sure that there are no Hamas command centers in the north. But that's going to be very difficult because they've moved most of the Palestinians to the south. And now, uh, I mean, if you want to think about what it's like, it's about the size Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is about the size of Manhattan. Um, And uh, the population is very dense. And so to try to find what they have found in the north, which were Hamas command centers and everything else, will be tough. And that is after all of these hostages are released. Now, many, many analysts of the region feel like they, uh, you know, they've said that they think they're going that Hamas will hold on to some hostages to try to avoid any further military action. But uh, it's a very complicated deal. At 3 p.m. today, Eastern Time, the U.N. Security Council is taking this up again. But the U.N.'s main role at this point is really to just try to get some of the aid in, which is also part of the deal. And um, they've gotten about 200 trucks a day. But uh, the usual for Gaza without a war is about 400 trucks a day, where they pretty much um Hamas has destroyed a lot of the infrastructure, including water and now um, electricity. And so all of this is uh, is, is an intensely um, uh, difficult deal to negotiate. Pam, what are the discussions like, maybe not even on the floor, but in the hallways at the U.N. right now? Because the U.N. rather famously, and, and I would personally say ludicrously, uh, has historically condemned Israel. Um, yes. So disproportionately you have Libya and Saudi Arabia and Iran condemning Israel's treatment of women, which makes no sense as women have incredible right. rights and you have the first democrat- democratically elected female prime minister. So you have that ludicrous side of the way the UN views right. Israel. What is, what is the discussion happening right now? 
Well, you're right on the money. I mean, the Security Council has been somewhat paralyzed. They did uh, finally agree to a resolution last week that did um, look forward to this kind of a truce and um, and uh, say and talked about Hamas um, taking hostages, but did not. They could not get a resolution approved that even condemned Hamas for taking all these hostages. And, and of course, the brutality, um, the rape and pillage that occurred on October 7th, um, to say the least. And so um, what you have is a U.N. Security Council that is set in 1945. Russia has, has nixed most of what uh, the U.S. Um, and Israel, not a member of the council, but uh, supported by the U.S. has tried to do. And, of, in, of course, in the in the General Assembly, it's 193 countries, so there are a lot more Arab countries. And um, as you say, and you were right on the mark, uh, the General Assembly has been traditionally very anti-Israel. So it's very contentious here, no question. But um, Israel has managed to actually sh- have several meetings with hostage families, and Israel has shown the videos um, that Hamas took from with GoPros of the murders and torture of civilians on October 7th. So there's there's there certainly is a general sense here that that this has that what Hamas did makes it ungovernor. Uh, I mean, can't govern in the future. And that you heard which is highly unusual from the secretary general. So um, it takes a while, and there's a lot of feeling that U.N. doesn't have a role in this, but that's changing somewhat. Pamela Falk covers the United Nations for CBS News and is joining us here. What has been the reaction um, over the last several weeks of uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the way he has gone about the military action we know that there are people around the world who feel like he has um, overextended himself a bit. I know Israelis are not particularly happy with him to begin with. What is the feeling worldwide on him? Well, um, right now, no one's talking about uh, about whether he's a good prime minister or not, because uh, so much is going on to try to get the hostages out. But of course, as you say, before this crisis, um, Israel was up in arms about his attempt to reform the judiciary, and he was having big problems in terms of popularity. There are reports that are that have come out about the fact that there may have been warnings that were missed about the October 7th attack. I think that's something that will come home to roost after this is all over and, and, and life moves on. Uh, but right now he's being pretty well supported because he made this deal because he's working to get the hostages out and because people are so traumatized in Israel about what happened. Uh, Pam, we have seen that over the last uh, day or two, a pretty severe storm uh, that happened in you know Ukraine, Russia, in that area of the world has caused quite a bit of devastation. How has that affected the military action that's happening there right now? Yeah, that's, um, you you just heard from uh, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, in the past few minutes, 
that uh, about Russia stealing Ukrainian grain, sabotaging farmlands. They've been much more uh, severe in their bombardment of agricultural infrastructure and port cities. Uh, but um, the Ukrainians are uh, more equipped than they were. They are um, responding, but winter has set in and there is a um, there's huge snowfall in some parts of the country and flooding in other parts that has has been in, um, incredibly uh, has had an incredible impact. And so um, there's everyone's trying to deal with that as well as the fact that the international community is still trying to get back. They don't call them hostages, but the abducted 20,000 children from Ukraine that have been taken to Russia. So all of that is something that uh, Ukraine is trying to deal with as they're off the top agenda item. They're off the front burner in in the global news eyes because of the Middle East, but um, they're suffering enormously. Pamela Falk, we love talking to you. Thank you again for the information today. We appreciate it. And a belated happy Thanksgiving. Hope you didn't need too much to both of you. Oh, well. Still, I'm still doing it right now, actually. Still kind of full. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. <laughs> Thank you, Pamela. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Pamela Falk, UN correspondent for CBS News, visiting with us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. When- Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 